Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. Here with the training camp preview episode. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little nuggets. I spoke to a bunch of people in the organization over the last couple weeks. So kind of get an idea of where they are heading into camp, give you a little injury rundown. And also we're going to get into a Giants after dark where I'll answer a bunch of your questions heading into camp. Things that you want to know as the Giants get set. For their first training camp under Brian Dable and Joe Shane. So there's going to be some differences. It's going to be different. It's going to be new. But the big story of the spring was the fact that you named the player for the Giants. They were basically in a red jersey, meaning that they were injured and not practicing. So the good news is the only two guys that they really know are pretty certain aren't going to be practicing early in camp are center Nick Gates. Obviously, he suffered that serious uh, leg fracture in week two last season. I do understand he's actually been ramping it up lately, did some running. His leg is finally uh, getting some strength back. So he's getting closer, or he's on the on track now to get back this summer, but that's not going to be anytime early in camp, it doesn't appear. And Matt Parrott, who tore his knee uh, late last season, like probably around December, even early January, he tore his knee. So that means... His timeline probably puts him into September, right? At least nine months when, when you tear your ACL. So Matt Parrott and Nick Gates are the two guys that they don't believe will be practicing early in training camp. Now, when we look at players like Kadarius Toney, uh, Kenny Galladay, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Andrew Thomas, Sterling Shepard, there's a lot more optimism that those guys will be practicing early in camp. Now, we'll start with Kayvon Thibodeau. Right, you're talking about a guy who he had a minor, I believe it was like a core hip type injury, somewhere in the midsection there, and it was really on the precautionary side that he didn't really practice. So the fifth overall pick, the expectation is he's going to be fine, right? So that's a sigh of relief right there. The two that the Giants. Have to see the guys come in, and then they'll kind of figure out. The two that they're, they're probably most concerned, right? Kenny Galladay was also a minor thing, probably more precautionary on him. Uh, Sterling Shepard coming back from the Achilles, but he's been trending in the right direction, so he's pretty close. Now, maybe he's not going to be back right away. Maybe they'll ease him in, and, and, and that'll take a, you know, a week, a few weeks. That's possible with somebody like Sterling Shepard coming back from a serious injury. Right? That also, again, happened pretty late last year. Now, the two that the Giants have to see are Kadarius Tony and Andrew Thomas. Those are the two that they're they're more in the wait and see mode. Now, Andrew Thomas, they, it seems a little bit more optimistic on, but the Giants, they they were away training back. I think they're both actually trained in Atlanta, not necessarily together, but they both went back to Atlanta at least for part of the offseason or the past you know summer, the this summer or the past couple months, and they were doing their work. So Thomas, they think, should be fine. 
Tony is more, okay, let's see what it is when he gets into camp. He had a knee procedure done uh, earlier this year. So, uh, and how, what was he doing? How hard was he working? What was, they, they need to, they need an update on that, I think, before they can confidently say we expect him back, you know, day one of training camp. But there is optimism with all these guys that they're going to be back at the very worst, the first few weeks are in early in training camp. And uh, there was a new player. I'm taping this on Thursday. Came out on Thursday morning. Is uh, I want to call him Clay Bellinger, right? You know, Clay Bellinger, the Dodgers player. But it, it, that's that just uh, keeps keeps coming into my head. But uh, Daniel Bellinger, fourth round pick, San Diego State tight end. The Giants put him on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list with a quad injury again. It's not supposed to be anything major, whether he misses some time or not. Debatable. Seems like that's a possibility. But for him to be out long-term, that's not what I don't believe that's what they're thinking right now. So some other things that I think we should keep in mind here as we enter the first camp under Joe Shane and Brian Dable is that it's pretty clear to me, and you know I saw Joe Shane... He was at a golf outing recently, and he we, we talked to him, and he answered some questions. And I asked him kind of where they're at in their progression, you know, in regards to building the team. And he made it very clear. Like, he feels like they did what they could with the restrictions. I'm talking financially. With, with the restrictions that they had. So, you know, it, it's sort of like, well, you know, throw up my hands kind of deal. Like, yeah, well, you know, we did what we could. We didn't have a lot of money to spend here. Uh, we we tried our best to to fill some of these holes, but the reality is, and he didn't say this. I'm, uh, this is my interpretation of it. The reality is, we didn't have the resources this offseason to fill all our holes in one offseason, especially with the way, way the roster was at. So this organization, quite frankly, is in a rebuild, a retool, a restocking, however you want to call it. I think it was Brian Dable who actually said at one point. We're starting from scratch here, like right after he was first hired. And I think that's a, that's kind of appropriate here. They really are. And ownership has promised them to be patient. And they understand that this could be a tough year. Not that they're throwing in the towel and they're going to say, look, we don't expect to win games. We don't expect to compete. But they know this is a building year. This is a building block type season for the new regime. This roster isn't especially deep. Like if we see some of the injuries that we saw from the playmakers in the spring, like this team is in trouble, right? Their margin for error because the roster isn't especially deep. Like if they lost some, if they lost Xavier McKinney or Adoree Jackson in the secondary, like this, they, they might not be able to hold up without them. Like their margin for error with the roster they have now is super slim. Offensive line, same thing. Like, what happens if uh, Andrew Thomas's ankle is bothering him? Are the the Giants going to be able to fill, you know, the two offensive tackle spots sufficiently? The answer is probably no. Like, so they don't have a veteran swing tackle right now. That's just sitting there. Okay, you know. We need a contingency for Andrew Thomas. No, they, they did what they could. They, they they used the seventh overall pick on a right tackle. They couldn't then go use significant resources on a backup, you know, left tackle. 
So patience, patience. That's where this organization is heading into training camp. And uh, I think we're going to find out pretty early that the offense is probably significantly behind the defense too. Because think about this for a second. All those guys were injured. All those playmakers were in red jerseys on the sideline. They didn't get to work on their timing a ton, running the plays on the field. It's different when they go and they work out with Daniel Jones and they're on a on a field by themselves. It's not there's no real defenders there. You know, they're just throwing. It's throwing against air. So they didn't have a chance to work. It's a new offense. They're getting used to it. They're going to be facing a defense that's bringing everything at them, that's throwing blitzes left and right at them. It could be a rough summer for the offense of Daniel Jones. So remember I said patience about a minute ago? Yeah, that applies here as well. I I, I don't think we want to draw any crazy conclusions on where this Giants team is at and where this offense is at this summer. So I'm going to be keeping that in mind as we go forward here in training camp. In the meantime, let's get to answering your questions. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ah, yes. It's time now where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions with Giants After Dark. We're going to start with William69 from Twitter who asks, who is the favorite to take over the second corner spot opposite of Adoree Jackson? Yeah, this is one of the position battles to watch this summer. To me, the position battles to watch are there's there's three main ones, and then wide receiver also to see how playing time kind of pans out and who's in that second receiver role or the second most popular receiver role. But it goes cornerback in no particular order cornerback tight end and left guard those are the three positions i think where we could see different variations of who starts come week one so for the second cornerback spot i think the favorite has to be aaron robinson he took a whole bunch of the first team reps in the spring but then he went down and he he was out for a few practices but i also think coming back from a torn acl that he suffered early last year rodarius williams is an option and someone who could I could see winning that job. I I don't see Cordell Flott or Darnay Holmes. Like they're, it would be a surprise for me to see either of those two guys 
win that spot because you're talking about they're going to primarily be in the slot. So to then have to be moved to the outside, thrive at a position that probably isn't their best position, I'd be surprised if it pans out that way. It would take injuries for it to pan out that way. So to me, the heavy favorites to start, unless they sign someone else, are Aaron Robinson and then Rodarius Williams. Uh, I hate dead ends, says, well, Giants have a pass rush. And I think the answer to that is yes. This year... I look at it and I see more options than ever before. Now, I don't know if they're going to have the true number one that you know they've been missing for a while because to ask Kayvon Thibodeau to do that in year one, probably not realistic. I see Aziz Ojolari probably as a more number two you know, complimentary guy throughout his career. Maybe he develops into more, but for right now, like that, that's kind of what I envision him as. But you have those two guys. Then you have Quincy Roche, who... You know, showed some things as a pass rusher. I think he's a pretty good, will be a pretty good situational pass rusher in his career. I was talking to Brian Baldinger the other day, NFL Films, you know, pours through the tape. He's actually really high on Quincy Roche. And he thinks Quincy Roche is actual player in this league and that he could really be a good quality player, especially in that, that uh, third rusher type role. So I'm interested to see him there. And then we have Ellison Smith who, remember, mid-round pick last year is kind of intriguing. Didn't get to see him much as a rookie, but maybe he develops into something. So I don't think they really need to go get anybody. Uh, and I, I had somebody suggest to me, are they going to get a veteran there? I, I don't really see them needing to do that. They have enough on the young guys there. And if they need a veteran to kind of lead those guys, Leonard Williams, he, while not necessarily a natural edge rusher, he kind of does play edge inside, like, both depending on the formation and how multiple, you know, the Giants are playing. So I think that that would kind of be his role to help those guys out when needed. So uh, at Gavel Judge on Twitter says, how likely is it that the Giants move off of Jones if he has a better but still average season? Uh, Here's the thing. I think this regime knows they need a franchise quarterback. They're not going to just settle, right? Remember, what happened when Joe Shane was in Buffalo and his, his buddy Brandon Bean was really running the show there. But they had Tyrod Taylor, remember, the first year? Yes, that same Tyrod Taylor. Made the playoffs, but still drafted Josh Allen. They knew they needed a franchise quarterback, and the draft was where they were going to go for it. I, To me, that's where this is headed for the Giants. And, uh, you know, at Dunbar, Coleman, NYG, added, are Giants getting Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, I just don't see that happening. They don't have a ton of money. That would make it tough. They have Daniel Jones, who, by the way, they want to become their franchise quarterback. They have hope that he could become their franchise quarterback because that would make everything so much easier. So why trade for a guy that makes money who probably isn't, you know, a a surefire franchise quarterback i don't see the giants making that move i don't see how they could in the position they're in right now make that move and i know it's been out there like that they're one of the teams i really don't see it i've heard nothing that tells me otherwise that they're going to be in on that like their quarterback situation right now for this season is pretty much set nick rose on instagram says howdy jordan does barkley just run it. Break 1,000 yards rushing this season. My answer to that is probably yes. 
Second year removed from a torn ACL. 1,000 yards rushing isn't a great season. 17 games, remember. Now you could average, uh, I, I'll pop it up real quick on my calculator, but I'm going to say like 50 yards a game in 17 games probably gets you to 1,000 yards. 1,000 yards rushing isn't like overly impressive anymore. No, that's, that's 850 yards. So let's say 60 times 17 is what? 1,000 divided by 17 is, got to go to the calculator, 58.8. Yeah, so 59 yards rushing a game you need. That's not like this big accomplishment to get 1,000 yards rushing. So I think he will. Plus, he's in a, he's got a lot to prove. His whole career, uh, you know, his family's uh, potential financial future, his ability to really land that big contract is at stake. So supremely motivated. Healthier than he's been in several years right now entering the season. Offensive line, hope that it's better. It's hard for it to get worse. Last year, I think, was the worst version of it. He didn't play well. Don't get me wrong. Did not play well. But I I do think uh, 1,000 yards is very doable for Saquon Barkley this year. Or significantly better, even. Uh, We've got... Let's see. Can't get the name. Uh, Christopher Brita. Hear any veterans coming into camp? Edge and CB, they need a voice. Uh, Yeah, I mentioned that before about the voice needing to be Leonard Williams. I don't think, at least right now, that they're at that point. They want to see, I think, the Giants want to see what they have. They want to see what they have with some of these young guys right now. And then... They're going to go, and if they feel they need to, okay, we need a cornerback that has experience, they'll go at a veteran cornerback. But what's the rush for that right now? I don't think there is, so that's why I have not heard anything. Now, maybe behind the scenes there is something going on, So, but I, I don't think that's where they're at right now. Uh, back to Twitter, at NB number 23 says, Yo, Jordan, lull an action question. I have a vacation coming up. Can you recommend any Giants books or sports books in general? Uh, there was a book called The GM that I that I really enjoyed, uh, Giants-related, uh, that I believe it was about Ernie Accorsi, uh, or maybe Accorsi. It, it was kind of, uh, let's see, hold on. It was about Accorsi, uh, George Young, uh, hold on, The GM book. Yeah, it was about a Corsi. It was a final, a football life, a final season, it's called. Uh, so it's really about Ernie Accorsi's final season as the general manager. And it really kind of goes through, like, uh, where they're at and uh, where they were at and kind of how they got to that point. So that was pretty good. And, and football books in general, I'm going to say, like Lombardi. There's a couple good Lombardi books out there. Uh, Instant Replay by Jerry Kramer, former, if you never read these books, these are like classic football books. Uh, really awesome book. Uh, I believe it was a first-hand book. I mean, I read it years and years ago. But these are the kind of books that I like to read about football. Instant Replay, it's called. The Lombardi book, I believe, is by like David Halberstam, uh, which was awesome as well. And then, you know, a couple books like uh, Talking to Strangers. It's about your interpersonal 
communication and interactions with other people. That was pretty good. That was actually a Ben McAdoo recommendation. And uh, the art of not giving a F-U-C-K. That also was uh, a very interesting book. So uh, those are are some things that... that, uh, I would I would recommend uh, in your downtime. So, if you get to them, let me know. I'd love to hear what you thought about those teams. Who were that? I will go to CTG in drink. Okay, who are the alpha dogs on this team? That's an interesting question, and I think it's something the Giants are going to have to figure out. When you look on the offensive side, I think Saquon Barkley is the guy that sticks out to me. He's the alpha. He's the alpha dog there. Um, he's sort of like the leader on the offensive side. Remember, he's been a captain. I think Mark Lewinsky is going to be one of those guys, but we'll have to kind of wait and see on the offensive line. Uh, he's new. Hasn't been there long enough. I don't think we know that yet. And on the defense, yeah, there's there's a need for these guys. Um, Blake Martinez, I think is sort of the leader of that defense. Leonard Williams is kind of, he's not an outspoken boisterous guy who I don't see him taking control kind of guy so yeah it's Blake Martinez kind of really has to step in that role which makes him again one of the most important players on this defense like where are they without him I don't know what the answer to that would be all right two more real quick at JD Haddon 725 odds of Slayton making the open day roster I'll say 75 80 percent I really don't he's not going to get cut he's too good to get cut somebody else would take him but he was not a fa- he does not appear to be a favorite of the new regime, so I want to leave a little wiggle room for him to get out. He's a good enough player if he's here. There, he's going to be on the roster. I mean, he's useful, especially if all those guys aren't healthy. He's going to be on the roster. So I actually make it in the 80%. How about 82%? Uh, Gate Dason Dog. I don't even know if I'm doing that right. Outside of the, first, uh, the two first-rounders, which rookie do you expect to have the biggest role to start the year? Whom do you expect to have the role increase the largest by the end of the season? The largest to start the season, as long as he's healthy, I'm going to put at Daniel Bellinger, the tight end we talked about before. Just a position the Giants are so short at. You play with multiple tight ends. He's going to play a big role to start the season, no matter what, as long as he's healthy. The guy, the mid-rounder, who I think might make a significant impact, and especially more as the season goes along, Dane Belton, the safety out of Iowa. It's a position the Giants are short at. They're starting right now, the first team, Julian Young, was, uh, Julian Young, Julian Love will start the season there with the starters. Not a proven starter. I have questions whether he's a full-time, you know, 17-game type starting player. I, I think he's more of like a utility man. Move him around, put him here. You know, he's good for you two or three games here or there. So I, I think Belton could move his way into the starting lineup at some point this season. I really do. I would not be surprised if that's the case at all. All right. That's the end of the... Uh, this Giants After Dark segment. On to the next one. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're going to wrap up here with a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is the portion of the episode where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, cover the NFL, work for ESPN in general. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some training camp memories over the years here. And the first thing that came to my mind when I, you know, I originally started covering the NFL, I was covering the Eagles back in the day, and Andy Reid was the coach. And, you know, you're out there. It was actually at Lehigh, kind of like the Giants had Albany. Two a days at Lehigh, and it was you know long days and super hot and but very collegial, open type atmosphere. And so the you know ball was thrown and hit the ground, came to the sideline and was on the ground coming towards me. So I like dropped my pad and stuff and jumped on it, recovered the fumble, you know, made sure to secure it on the ground. I was just messing around, laughing, you know, smiling. All of a sudden. You know, two minutes later, I get a tap on the shoulder. Derek Boyko, who's the, the Eagles PR guy at the time, he said, yeah, Andy saw that. He said he, uh, he doesn't really want you. Don't ever do that again, basically. <laughs> so I was like, what? First of all, I mean, we're off to the side, on the sideline. I jumped on a fumble one time, and he saw that. And it was the same thing. Like Andy Reid had these hawk eyes. You would lean on, like, a pole, you know, a light or, or whatever, a fence. And uh, he would send Derek over and be like, yeah, Andy said, stop, stop leaning on the fence. And you're like, what? I can't believe he even sees that. So those are, those are some things that kind of stood out to me. Then I remember going a couple of years ago, I'm thinking about, okay, what about was training camp like covering the Giants? Now, I never went to Albany, so Albany was probably a lot of fun. So all the training camps I came in, my first was 2014. That was Odell's first year, and that's at uh, Quest Diagnostics. Uh, and watching Odell in general, he remember he didn't play that summer, but a few years after that, you just put a camera on Odell at practice and training camp and just let it go, man. See him make crazy catches. Even the way he would catch punts out of the air, one-handed, backhanded, you know, behind his back, between his legs, like, like it's nothing, whatever. Kind of exaggerating a little bit. But you get the point. I mean, just it, it was a, just a human highlight. But I do remember going one year, probably it was like 2015 maybe. We went to Cincinnati. The Giants joined practice with Cincinnati. And I remember they just let you do anything there. I mean, we were literally standing on the field. You know, you're basically standing with the, next to the players and the coaches, taping everything, doing whatever you want. Now, things have gotten more restrictive over the years, especially with there being no fans, right, the last two years kind of because of COVID and then the bleachers, whatever. We, we brought that up before. But they, when fans aren't there, then it's like a normal practice almost. The, the, the team is more likely to say, hey, these are the only periods you could film. Right? When the fans are there, then that's pointless because fans are taping everything anyway. So the, all these clips can get out anyway. So when fans are in there, it gives you more access. So Cincinnati, fans are in there, but we're literally standing on the sidelines. 
allowed to walk around the entire field as they practice, as they're scrimmaging. Just carte blanche was great. Amazing. Just to do everything. Now, I think Joe would have been interesting. Joe Judge was more open than people realized. Like when we were in Arizona, we were on the field while basically while they were practicing too. Like just, oh, yeah, you guys go wherever you want. You know, you, you can grab film of us doing this, this, and this, and whatever. And then there's certain periods, especially during the season, they don't want you to film because they're running plays that they're going to run that week. But, you know, Joe Judge was very open. And he was like, yeah, come on the field. Don't worry about it. And remember that, you know, there was a lot of protocols that still existed the last couple of years. So it would have been interesting to see how that panned out with Joe Judge in a training camp with fans. Now, this year, it's going to be interesting, too. I'm, I'm excited about the joint practice with the Jets. That should be fun. Now, not open to fans, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't open to VIPs of some sort, or there's some sort of, there'll be some sort of crowd there. And uh, it should be fun. I, I mean, hopefully we have, there's the restrictions are kind of limited there. And it's almost like, okay, we're running basically like preseason stuff anyway. So um, kind of excited for that. And also Jets Giants. I mean, the last time they, practice together and join practice we know there were brawls left and right shocky all that stuff so for those two teams now maybe the bad blood is doesn't exist and nobody's trying to take over new york and you know both teams are just trying to be respectable at this point that's that's where we're at with new york football but just to have both those teams on the same field at the same time even if it's for one day should be a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to that all right that's it for this episode of breaking big blue as always you know where to find me uh, if you want to send questions, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, email, like, subscribe, tell your friends, Breaking Big Blue. We're about to take off. Take this into new stratospheres this season. Training camp starts on Tuesday. First, uh, that's when the veterans report. Wednesday, first practice. Let's go. Should be a fun summer. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time. <laughs>